Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode of the Sideline Podcast. Uh, we are a new podcast uh, made by sports fans for sports fans. Uh, today we're mostly talking about Premier League. Here with me, Kiwi. How you doing? I'm good, thanks. Good. Right, so what are we? what's on the agenda? Uh, really the big one's the Ajax game. Yeah. Well, we've been sitting for two hours. There must be something, <laughs> on, must be something on the agenda. We've been thousands of notes ready. Right. Are we, are we starting off the Champions League? We might as well. Champions League. Right. So, last night, big game. Ajax, Real Madrid. Um, what happened? Well, Ajax scored four. <laughs> well, that's the thing. And Real Madrid scored one. Oh, well. And what was the, what was the, the score before that? It was 2-1. After the first leg in, in Amsterdam. So, why do you, why do you think that Real Madrid crumbled? I don't think it's got anything to do with Real Madrid. No. I think it's to do with Ajax. Tadic played a blinder, didn't he? Yeah, and, well, you say Tadic, I think the entire team did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I just want Ajax to keep these players. But yeah. it would be good. Ajax are one of the biggest clubs in the world. It would be good to see. Like, see, it's hard for Ajax. They've always been a team like, I guess you can compare them to like, say if Ajax were in the Premier League, there would be a team like Southampton who have t- have good, Ajax, they, make, they have a good youth, don't they? Yeah. And they always bring it up and, and then big teams poach. But obviously... I think they'd be a bit stronger than Southampton though. I'd oh say... Oh yeah, no, I'm just saying like, yeah. that if you, if, transfers-wise, say it would oh be yeah. Southampton, wouldn't it? Um, Ability-wise, probably like a Europa League spot team oh but yeah yeah not not top six but the strongest team out of top six I'd say well we say this they just stuff Real Madrid yeah really well, they can do what they want that is a big win for them isn't it um, uh, do you think it's time Real Madrid rebuild well after Ronaldo but Ronaldo's gone and it's not really gone well since then has it no um, their, their best players Asensio and Isco I'd say I'd say build around them but well, it sounds like there are. I have seen rumours that um, Isco is going to leave, but then since then he's got more game time anyway. So I'm not too sure, but but they're definitely they're, they're lacking that. Um, so it's just, it's just not the same in Real Madrid no. without Ronaldo, is it? Well, I don't look at Real Madrid as a threat anymore. No. Oh no, you, you wouldn't. If someone asked you right now. Any any season, say we finish this season, and then someone comes up to you in the street and says, "Who do you think is going to win the Spanish league next season?" Straight away, Barcelona. Yeah, it's got to be no, Barcelona. No question. Spanish potentially, uh, potentially, Atleti. Oh yeah. If yeah, if they can play well. Yeah. But yeah, but that's but you with Atletico Madrid, you've got to think about form. They they're going to have to bring in more players. There's no. Yeah. If you look at Barcelona's team, it's like Man City of. Uh, the Spanish league, they could put in their subs, and it is they could play that team. It doesn't matter. Well, um, for Real Madrid, with some of the, well, a lot of the players they've got should be that that sort of strong. But yeah. Courtois not a bad keeper. Uh, oh no, he's not. No. They got Asensio. They got Isco. Well, Isco is one of my favourite players. Yeah. Watching him at the World Cup, I don't. Apart from maybe Tony Cruz, there's very okay. few players better than him at the mm. World Cup. Well, so I say players better. Like obviously, the stars, the main stars are going to be a bit better. But yeah, 
So definitely Real Madrid is a uh, rebuilding job need there. I, yeah. I think they just need a... I don't even know the name of their manager now. They've had, they had a Spanish manager, didn't they, that joined from the Spanish national team, wasn't it? No, he, he left. He left. For, for the World Cup, didn't he? Oh, yeah. And didn't yeah, yeah. And, uh, that was and lo- it was just a mess. They just needed, after Zidane, they just needed one guy who they knew was going to commit. And really, I, I just don't understand what went on there. But anything else in the Champions League? Oh, head coach. Oh, I lost it. No. <laughs> Is it there? Uh, Solari. Sorry. Solari. Who's Solari? Santiago Solari. Oh, their manager. Their manager, oh. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't even know. <laughs> it's got to that point now where you're Real Madrid, you should know. It's one of them yeah. teams that you should just know who their manager is. We had to look up on Google. But, like, I barely even know their starting 11. Ramos is an idiot. Can't, um, can't forget that. Getting um, a yellow card to, so he doesn't get miss yeah. the semi final. He's one of them players, isn't he? And then ends up missing it because they don't qualify. Yeah. I don't, I don't rate him too much. Like, I'd probably at, if you look at Spanish defenders before and during his time, there's always been someone better. Like mm-hmm. I'd have Carlos Puyo and Piqué well, over him at, any look day. Look at Spain's downfall. I mean, they won the World Cup and stuff, wasn't it? Like years back to back kind of thing. But their players were in the prime then. Oh yeah. And now, well, they're past they don't it. Look, the same as look at players like Torres. He's way past oh, it yeah, now. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, David Villa. He's mm. gone. Even Pedro isn't as good as he used to be. No, he's disappointed me this year. Yeah, so... Um, so, cool. So, Spanish League, that's what's really happening over there. It's basically just a one-horse race in uh, in Barcelona. Premier League. At the moment, we uh, Liverpool dropped points at Everton the other day. 0-0. Frustrating for them. I, mean, I, I watched um, Klopp's... Uh, post-match interview and he just all he was doing is his um, excuses he was just talking about Man City and I, I, I was watching Sky Sports and it was um, Paul Merson ex-Arsenal player talking about um, he should be the only thing he should be talking about in that conference is Liverpool and straight away he turned and started attacking Man City which yeah. just shows that he's nervous you know he doesn't look like he's a guy who's prepared for this race kind of thing um he, he seems another way that makes him look nervous I think is the excuses he comes up with like, oh yeah the pitch is dry it's the first time I've seen snow in England the I mean, wind yeah it was yeah. windy but it's no, windy no, no, for no, both sides windy. exactly yeah you switch sides at half time yeah the wind doesn't it will change a little bit mm-hmm. but generally it won't I can get it like so you're a Burnley sort of team and you're defending hard, but then in the second half, because they've got the wind behind them, they can put extra pressure on you and you uh, concede. Yeah. I get then, like, okay, the wind, but you, not when you're Liverpool. Yeah, but here's another thing. If it's, a, like you just said, if, it, if it's a team that is of a, a quality that should be winning the Premier League, they should be able to look at these small factors in a game and feel, we're better than that anyway. We should be able to take this on yeah. and just... Well, you, know, it's just you do it Sunday league level. Oh, if yeah. you know the, the it's a windy day, you stop with the long balls and you try and keep on the well, deck. You just more. adjust to it, don't you? Yeah. yeah. 
or you kick it a bit harder, or you just keep possession in the half where you're going into the wind, and the wind, when you're against, uh, you're going with the wind, you play the more long ball. Yep, so if we look at the flip side, Man City was a 1-0 win over Bournemouth the other day. Um, one thing I did do in my notes is I've got the uh, I've got the bench. The Man City's bench for that game from when they started were Danilo, Vincent Company, Leroy Sane, Riyad Mahrez, Gabriel Jesus, Phil Foden, and Harry... Janet Murich. Really? I don't know if that's it. Is that the... Uh, that might be... <laughs> is that the keeper? Yeah, I think that might be a keeper, yeah. The, the Kosovan one. Yep. So, um, yeah, that's just looking I'm at that bench, the reason I took that bench is because, look at that bench, apart from Murich, they could put... Well, Murich is still a yeah, decent keeper. Yeah, decent keeper. Any of those you could put on a... They're all first-team players. Yeah. And that's the thing with Man City that I think separates them from Liverpool, is that you could start their... It's the depth in there. Yeah. You could start their subs or even some reserves that are not even in, on the subs. And they're, they're, they're first team players. I'd love to see like a city a city reserve team in the Premier League. Just see how oh, they yeah. do. Like, yeah. But even, you look at that, Phil Foden, you look at how much he's grown in the yeah. last couple of months. He like, gets he gets more hate than I think he deserves. Oh, like, yeah. He's a quality And player. one thing I really... Uh, like about this Phil Foden story is that Man City are like like Chelsea they can they loan all the young players out. You see like um, what is it Zinchenko? Yeah. Zinchenko they they've uh, he's he's been brought back though, hasn't he? Yeah. This season. Who is that defender that went to? They had a really good defender. I can't remember his name now. But the, like, just I'm just saying that the, the Man City are. One of those clubs that just loan out, and Phil Foden is a good example of them changing and starting to bring their youth through their own game, you know, and getting experience in do how you, they play. Do you think they learned their mistake from Jadon Sancho? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I can see why they gave him up though, because until he's gone to Borussia Dortmund, I don't think anyone really saw him being as decent as oh, he no. is. That's a brilliant opportunity for him as well. Bit of a segue onto our next bit. Yeah. Is a uh, Hundred million. Well, Jaden Sancho is going to become the first hundred million footballer, yeah. uh, British footballer. Do you think? I, I reckon. What's his? Let me let me look at his um, transfer stuff. Do you think he's worth it though? Oh, do you know what? I know there's been such a buzz, and I, I know I've seen stuff in the news about him, but I haven't actually seen him play myself. But I reckon. I reckon. I've seen some of the goals, I've seen some of the assists, I've seen his movement. I watched a couple of highlights and that, and he does, he does look a good player. I think he's a good player, I don't think he's 100 million. Mm. To be the first British player worth 100 million, I think, no. Well, it's a brilliant achievement, first oh, of all. Yeah. Um, but, and it's good for us, because um, obviously he didn't even play, we come second in the World third in the World Cup, Jesus. I wish we come second. Fourth in the World Cup. Fourth, sorry, yeah. <laughs> Lost to Belgium. <laughs> so his, his, his uh, transfer market value at the moment is 72 million, and that was updated on the 6th of March, which is today. Ooh. 72 million. So you take that, uh, Dortmund, if they win the league, that's going up. Yeah. And, and there's definitely a possibility. And if he keeps playing how he's playing, it's going up. Yeah, but even now, August thirty first, two thousand and seven, he joined. He's at Borussia Dortmund, age seventeen. His market value was four point five million. So within, what's that? Within two years, he's now worth seventy two million. It's like 
you know on career mode where you just trade one <laughs> youth player yeah, and he just cool. get his value up by like 200% or something. So this season he's uh, played 24, scored 8, 12 assists, minutes per goal 203. But obviously he's not a striker. But I think even that, 12 assists, 8 goals, that's quite good. For, uh, what is he, 19? Yep. He's, uh, he scored 1 in the Champions League. He's assisted 1 in the Champions League. So, so something else that's happened this week is Jose's, Jose Mourinho has had a slight little dig at Paul Pogba. Yep. He said that Rakitic would probably be considered one of the best players in the world if he was more prominent on social media. Yep. And that basically hinting at that Pogba is more well known than players like Rakitic because of his... Yeah. Well, not any of his actions on social media. Like it's on the pitch as well. Like you see him with the dabs and the haircuts yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, Pogba's definitely a person who who can live by. A, um, He's a personality. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I do. I don't think I think Mourinho though. He's just trying to. He's trying to again put the blame off himself in yeah, it. Yeah, I think he's he's come out of Man United. He, he there was no relationship with the players. Solskjaer's come in. He's just turned that completely around. He's just trying to dig in a bit more. Isn't he? Yeah. But I don't think that's right. Um, I think Rakitic, you can't compare a player like I know he's not he's not directly saying it to Paul Pogba, but I think that Rakitic could be a completely different person. Completely, you know, to Paul Pogba. Yeah. He 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 might not be as open as Paul Pogba is, and he might not want to share, but. Then, the quality of, of how they play is, isn't going to have I, anything to do with I don't that. really think that's the case. Like Some of my, my biggest players, some of my biggest players, some of the players I rate highly, yeah. like Modric and De Bruyne, Godin, Kante, they're not prominent on social media. Oh, no. At all. They're not even, like, even yeah, on the Kante's, pitch. Kante's the most like humble player yeah. that you've ever seen. But R- Rakitic isn't one of my top 10 players no I don't think he's even like that close to it yeah and out of the out of my 10 I'd say three of them maybe uh, I don't know where to explain it like social yeah like um, like prominent on social media yeah prominent on social media yeah or big like big characters on the pitch. Like. But let's with, with that in mind, let's go through our top ten, right? And then obviously we can say as well how many of them you think because this th- we can link this to this top ten that we've made. Start at the bottom. Yeah, start at the bottom. So you're number ten. Uh, I've got Mbappe. Well, he is prominent on social media. He is, yeah. Because obviously him and Neymar, Neymar is he plays in Neymar. It's the PSG thing in it there. My, my my number ten is Paul Pogba because. I made this and I put Pogba at 10 and then I feel from about 5 to 10 with other players and then I realised I don't want them to be lower than Paul Pogba so he had to be on 10. I think he's one of the top 10 but he had to be 10 because where he is a good player, he did have that massive dip in form. I think that if you are an amazing player, you should be able to play with any manager. You know, I think you should be able to adapt. I know his relationship with Jose Mourinho but then the best players just take that and they go, well, I don't care about what relationship I have with this manager. 
you've got to play to your ability. It should not affect you mentally. You, if you're going to be one of the best players in the world, you've got to, you just got to mentally play the way. You know, you should not let that affect you. And uh, so that's why he's ten. The mental strength part of it is uh, what I've got Neymar at nine, which is a uh, quite a controversial pick. Even I say it, but yeah. he has. I think he's got the potential on his day to be one of the top two, or three players in the world. Yeah. Not two, three or four players in the world. Mm-hmm. But from what I, from the games I've seen, I don't watch the French league. I'll be honest. I've no. watched Champions League games. No. I've watched the World Cup. You see, like moments of brilliance. Like he can take on. Possibly any defender in the world yeah, with look, ease. Look at what league he's playing in. What yeah. defenders are there in the French league? Exactly. Apart from Marseille or Lyon, who yeah. else is really? Uh, but yeah, for me, it's his attitude. You get, I think you get too much negative from him, like rolling around. Obviously, I think he's very arrogant. And very arrogant. I think he's he's definitely like Ronaldo. I mean, I don't see Ronaldo. I think he can be arrogant because he's been on top for so many yeah. years. No, but Neymar, he, he broke through, but he wasn't. He, he's just played for the top teams. He know? wasn't the big he dog in Brazil, yeah. uh, in Brazil, Barcelona. Yeah. And he left because of it, and now at PSG, you could say he's not even the top dog because Mbappe's yeah, coming. Yeah. He's just if he he's he reminds me a bit of Wilfred Zaha, yeah. where if he just knuckled down, they could be such good players, mm. but they let I guess emotions get in the way. Yeah. Well, my number nine was De Gea, because I think De Gea is a brilliant goalkeeper, but I think probably a season ago or two seasons ago when he was absolutely playing, Man United weren't even that, weren't playing as good, you know? Man United have recently been five, top five, top six team, because they're just not playing to the height they were with Fergie, but he then was playing, he was keeping Man United at that position. I mean, if he wasn't in goal, they would have been seventh, eighth, ninth. Um, and I think then he should have gone to Real Madrid. And I think then he, you might have even seen him up five or six, because I think Real Madrid he would have he could have. Well, he would have won Champions League. Oh yeah, definitely. And you think they've got Courtois now? I think they would have been better off with De Gea. Do you think they can win the Champions League this year though? Who Man United? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I think the way they're playing, if they can turn it around against PSG, if this, if you're seeing this after tonight. And then <laughs> <laughs> you see, PSG just stuffed Man United 6 0. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, 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 oh, I don't know. PSG are an amazing team. Yeah. They've got a, very, a lot of quality in that team. But, yeah, so De Gea, I'll put him ninth. But just because he's a good player, definitely top 10 in the world, but I don't think he has um, been able to progress for staying at Man United. So that's why I put him ninth. I don't have him on my list. You don't have him no. at all? <laughs> just. <laughs> Just because he's he's made mistakes this year. Yeah. Like last season, I probably yeah would have put him on the top ten in the world, but he's just made mistakes this year and not played to the same level. And because of that, he he's still like top fifteen, yeah. but not top ten. Cool. So who have you got on eight? Eight, I've got Pogba. Yeah. Just because since Solskjaer's come in, he's been a whole new player, really. Yeah. Uh, I've got Griezmann on eight because I think. And a lot, what I do a lot is I check Spanish league, and when you check the Spanish league, you look at Barcelona games, Real Madrid games, Atletico Madrid games. That, they're the scores I check. And every time I check Atletico's 
um, score, he's always greedy. He's always scoring. And he's reliable, I think. In eight, I've, I've actually got Aguero at seven and Griezmann at eight because I just think Aguero, you think of Premier League as a tougher league. Yeah. I think Aguero's quality has been for years and I just think he stayed at Man United, at, at Man City, when he could have gone somewhere else and I think he's done really well for Man City and he's probably one, one of the biggest players that has probably changed that Man City from well, what they were. He was one of the first like, star players to yeah. come in, wasn't he? So that's why Aguero's at seven and Griezmann's at eight. Uh, Seven. At seven, I've got Kante. Yep. Kante's not in mine. I wouldn't. I wouldn't <laughs> say him as a footballer. I wouldn't say he's a top ten footballer. Like ability. Yeah. But the role he does and how he does it mm. is why. Because there's no. There's no better CDM I think in football. Yeah. Of doing what what he does, yeah. and if I was a coach for a team, you I would want a Kante. Mm. Just he cleans up after everyone. But the problem is with Sorry this season, he's playing him more attacking, isn't he? Yeah. This is where he's not getting the most out of him because you think he, the French won the World Cup by playing him in that central defensive. Leicester field. won the league Leicester with won him. The league with him like Chelsea that. won the league with yeah. him like that. Sorry's come in and he's tried to play him more as an attacking midfielder, and I've seen he's, so many pundits say it's not right. He can do it. He can do. It. He's scored goals this year. Yeah. But he's just he's it's not his position. No. Cool. Number six for me is Modric, just because I mean, he won Player of the Year, didn't he? He's got yeah. to be up there. He nearly made top five, but I don't know. I, 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 De Bruyne and Modric, I can't really pick out the two of them. I think they're both brilliant. Yeah. Modric, actually, I, I might. I'm going to change that now. Modric is in five. De Bruyne's in six. Because Modric, obviously with Croatia, he was probably one of the main men to actually take Croatia to the final. De Bruyne has been injured as well. De Bruyne, yeah, but this is the thing. Why De Bruyne was in contention was in, with him? Because De Bruyne is one of the most creative players for Man City. And you think, yeah. well, look at Man City now. And, and without De Bruyne, I don't think there would have been nowhere near as many chances created. So that's my six and five. What, what six, got? I've got Godin. Oh yeah, Jesus! Just because <laughs> I would never have guessed Godin being in the top ten. I felt like there needed to be a defender in my list because oh, there isn't one. I haven't got a defender in my list. <laughs> and for me, Godin's just one of the most solid like defenders in the world. Mm. Like you could say Van Dijk. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think he's been good long enough. Been good this season. Yeah, he's had a good season. Give it another two or three years, then it'll probably be up there. But he hasn't done it enough for me. Yeah. Um, Varane as well. Varane's what? Good, but. Is he on your list? No. No. I would. I'd have Godin out of all of them. Yeah, yeah. It's just like watching the World Cup when he was in in defence of Uruguay with. Uh, was is, that, is that your six? Godin. Yeah. Who was he in defence with? Um, him is it Jimenez? Yeah, yeah. The best centre back partnership in the World Cup, in my opinion. Yeah. Just. Yeah, no. Cool. Who's your number five? I've already said my number five. Uh, Hazard. Hazard. Yeah. I'm I'm a bit iffy. I might change my mind about that, but <laughs> he's been. He's just. He's basically been involved with every one of Chelsea's attacks. Yeah. This season, it's incredible what he's. What he's doing with so little around him. Yeah, I, I agree him being in the top ten, but I don't think a 
his highest point. Yeah. But what are you doing? Um, it definitely uh, Chelsea. I think Chelsea are just about nearly scraping the Champions League, mm. Europa League. And without Hazard, I don't think they would. They would. No. I think they would have dropped even further. But all right, number four. I've got Neymar number four, just because I know you you've dropped him down to nine. But four, I just I think he's world class. I think I've got four. There's four world class for me. There's four world class players in the world right now. World world class. Um, just out of there. And I, I think Neymar, where he is arrogant and that, that's why he's at the bottom of the four. But I don't know. I couldn't really drop him any further than that. Um, but yeah, same reasons as you. Yeah. Uh, the only reason he's in the top four is because he is above the league. You know? Yeah. There is their own league of four there. Who's your number four? Uh, I've got De Bruyne. De Bruyne, yeah. Uh, basically, I don't think there's a better midfielder in the Premier League Probably than De Bruyne. Probably not a better player in the Premier League. It's a shame about the injuries. Yeah, it's ruined his season. But when he's even when he's played, like he just, it's like he's got this sixth sense. Yeah. Where he can just pick out passes that you didn't even know no existed. Yeah. Or just, cool. it's incredible what he can do yeah, with the ball. Definitely. Number three for me is Mbappe. Um, I'd put him there because obviously the top two, you can't argue. Messi and Ronaldo. Yeah. You can't change that. Mbappe, I think, tops Neymar just because, uh, like I said, Neymar is good, but obviously we've, we've made points about him being arrogant. Not, I, I don't think he could be playing as much. I reckon he's just enjoying where he's at. Um, he could compete with Messi and Ronaldo, but... I just don't think he'd want... He'd rather be top of somewhere else, and that's why yeah. he's moved away. Because he doesn't want to push himself even further. But there we go, that's why Mbappe's third, because he's brilliant. Won the World Cup, um, and I think he's... I would say he's the top man at PSG right now. Uh, you're number three. Uh, well, I'd agree with the Mbappe being the top man at PSG, which kind of contradicts my list, because I've got Neymar ahead of him. <laughs> but... As a footballer, I'd say Neymar can be better, but yeah, Who's your and Mbappe is like a month or so of development away from big top. Yeah, because he's incredible. Mm. Anyway, third, uh, I've got Modric. Yep. Personally, one of my favourite players in the world. He's brilliant. Uh, obviously, he's not doing it in Europe this year anymore, no. Mr. Ajax. But <laughs> at the World Cup, it feels like he was the main reason they got to the final yeah oh definitely obviously Mandzukic got goals uh, Caballero got assists for him he's like a De Bruyne for Real Madrid and yeah. Croatia he's just a creator isn't he yeah and uh, watching I can't remember what game it was but he scored that goal didn't he right in the bottom corner oh yeah in the World Cup and just mean. how he created space. I don't know what that's done, but that's no. just that's all I see whenever I think of him now. <laughs> right, so big two, this is a big one, right? Top two. Who have you gone with second? Well, I've, I've got Messi first, Ronaldo second. Yeah. See, I've got exactly the same because I just feel that Ronaldo personally, I was I was making this list with my head, not with my heart. If I was making it with my heart, I would have put Ronaldo top. Because Ronaldo, for me, I think he's proven that... I see, this is the thing. I might even change that. No, I'm changing it. I'm changing it. Ronaldo's top. I'm going a bit of heart, bit of head. Right? Mixed together. Because Ronaldo, 
you think he's played for Man United as Premier League. He's played for Juventus, that's Serie A. He's played for Real Madrid, that is League BBVA, or whatever it's called now. Um, so there you three go. leagues he's proven himself in. Premier League, the hardest one, and obviously he's won loads. Obviously, Man United were a good team then, anyway. Yeah. But you think of the well, the best team in Europe. Yeah, but it's not like he did not. He was just going through the motion there. Yeah, he was a good player. Um, but I think just on that thing, I'm, I've just changed it now. But if you prove yourself in three top leagues, I think that's insane. Just think about the, because Messi, yeah, Barcelona are always on top, so he's got that team behind him. Yeah. I think it, when you prove yourself in three different teams, three different managers, three different uh, countries, different styles of play, it's a big change. So that's what, that was my... For me, it's hard to decide between the two of them because the better leader, I'd say, is Ronaldo. Like, yeah, definitely. You look at the Euros, what he was doing there to... Yeah, Portugal would be nothing with Ronaldo. Yeah. It's like Real Madrid. They, they are not, not a good country no. <laughs> if it wasn't for Ronaldo. Like, is. He's making a te- making a team out of nothing, yeah. and obviously he's done what he did with Rene- uh, Real Madrid, and you could say that he's gone is why they've gone out of the Champions League. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. I'd say it's a mixture of things. Uh, the team's changing, players are going out of form. Yeah, etc. Um, I'd say he's also the better athlete. Like if you had Ronaldo versus Messi in any sport except from football. I'd give it to Ronaldo. Oh, yeah. He, he could compete in... I mean, even if you put him on, on uh, 100 metres. Yeah. He's going to beat some of them. But not all of them because they, you think they're going to have technique experience. But, like, but I think a he's a sort of player like... You go, oh, Ronaldo, do you want to play basketball for a basketball team? And go, oh, yeah, sure. And within a year, we'll be able to play basketball decently. Yeah. Just because he's such a, a freak athlete. Like, I feel there's no limit to what he can do. Yeah, definitely. However... 90th minute, you want someone to score a goal, I'd put my money on Messi. Yeah. He's just, he's got that, just something special. Mm. Like, Ronaldo is the pinnacle of hard work. He's worked so hard to get where he is, mm. and I respect that. But as a footballer, I don't think you can compare to Messi. Yeah. He's just, well, he's incredible, yeah. really. I, uh, I saw a video not long ago, and I think it was... Um Rio Ferdinand was talking about uh, Cristiano Ronaldo when he moved to Man United and he said that he had all people come into his hotel room like nutritionists um, physiotherapists when he got injured coming to him personally he had personally booked all these people to come and, and improve himself health wise physical wise mentally he was, bu- he was booking um, sports Psychiatrist, you know. So if he was 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 going wrong somewhere, thinking differently, and, and I just think that. Which look at that. It's just he it was committed to getting better. Shaping better modern player. sport, isn't it? Yeah, really, because back then, like ten years ago, you didn't have sports psychiatrists, or if you did, it was very rare. Yeah. Now you see him everywhere. He probably like has changed the game yeah. completely. Cool. So that concludes the top ten. About football, we are a sports podcast. Let's talk a bit about UFC. Uh, not too much to talk about at the moment, but there is an upcoming event. But we're, we're just going to stick on Conor McGregor at the moment, right? Um, let's go back. Let's go back to Khabib, right? Because that wasn't long ago. That wasn't long ago. 
Right. Yeah, maybe maybe it's old news, but They've, it's come up again. No, but we got recap. We got to recap it, right? What what happened there? What happened? Uh, the better fighter won. Well, he did, yeah. But the thing is, I watched that game. We both watched that game. We stayed up stupid hours because the UK is 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 complete different time zone. <laughs> and uh, for me, McGregor has always been a striking fighter, right? And he knew that. He trained his ground game just for that. He said he's focusing on his tra- on his ground game, and he just let Khabib take him to the ground too yeah. much. It, it, he could have done more to stop him getting him to the ground. I mean, for the first, what was it? Second, second. How many rounds did that go? It was five, isn't it? Because it's championship. Yeah, but he didn't. He didn't go all the five because he it was submission, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but anyway. I think for a couple of the rounds he was he was um, on the floor, just pinned on the floor because Khabib knew that he could just tire his muscles out trying to get off the floor and holding him on the ground. Um, so it was the fourth one, fourth one that he tapped. Um, so the first three rounds, I mean the first round he was more on his feet, the second and the third he was more on the floor. I remember watching the rounds and just seeing McGregor trying to fight off the floor. McGregor, McGregor, <laughs> combined. Khabib. <laughs> um, Khabib had just known that he was targeting his muscles, trying to tire him out. Um, but I think he he just needed to get, he needed to try and defend them them takedowns a little bit better. Uh, your opinion? Uh, personally, I think the better fighter won. Yeah. If they have a rematch. I don't see McGregor winning it, yeah. personally. See, this is what we're going to move on to. That's the recap. He uh, he lost, obviously. Go yeah. because I actually bet money on McGregor. <laughs> I think I, I might have as well. I put money on a knockout from a kick in the third round. Every <laughs> every single McGregor fight, I think it's arrogance. You just build confidence oh, yeah. in him. It's because, this is the thing, McGregor is a mental fighter. Before yeah. he's got that mental advantage over him. You could see Khabib getting upset. Oh in, yeah. In them. He was furious. In them conferences where they're doing. Well, um, you could see it after the fight when he jumped over the fence oh, as yeah. well. Uh, see that that I know there was a lot going on, but yeah. you've got to understand McGregor would do that for the for to boost the the fight as yeah. well. But I don't agree with that because obviously um, Dana White had to come out and, yeah. and say that that's not UFC. You know that's not what they stand well, for. Well, for its entire history, UFC's had to fight with the against the stigma of being a blood sport. Oh yeah. Jumping in the crowd of fighting trainers isn't going to help. No, definitely not. Um, especially when they're trying to grow as a brand. And you, you don't do that. No. If you win, that's that should be enough. Like I've battered your boy. Yeah. He's on the floor. Yeah. I'm standing over it him. It was it was very personal. Wasn't yeah. It? Very personal fight. So. Here we go. What do you think's next for McGregor? Option one, obviously, there's the rematch. Yeah. You you don't think for McGregor that a rematch would be good for him? Oh no, I think it it'll bring him money. Oh yeah. Definitely. If if it's his last he ever gets fight, money whatever fight he yeah, does. true. If it's yeah. his last ever fight, then go for it. Yeah. But I don't see Khabib losing to him. He's too. He's just like he looks invincible. I don't feel like he could get knocked out. Obviously, he can. Everyone's human, but he just. But then, do you think for McGregor, he's always told his fans, "I'm going to beat this guy. I'm going to beat this guy. No one could beat me in all this." He he lost to Nate Diaz. He came back. He beat Nate Diaz. Yeah. Is that thing there that McGregor has to come back and beat Khabib? 
just to show that he can do it. I'd like to see him try, but oh, yeah, everyone would. I I don't see it. Yeah, he's just he's an animal. Like he wrestled bears as a kid. He's just something else. Um, so I'm just reading now. It looks like um, Conor McGregor has been rumoured to fight uh, Cerrone, the cowboy. And in my eyes, I think it's an easy. Do you know, I, I I don't know. I just don't. Well, I don't know. I think McGregor's just unless he fights Khabib. I think he he's got anyone really. He's a brilliant. Do you know what I mean? Um, he's 30 years old he's he's minted he's more than minted you can see from his Instagram and stuff he's had the he's had the McGregor fight uh, the McGregor fight the Mayweather fight he's got a lot of money from that he's had he's been the face of the UFC for a while yeah I think it's time for him maybe not to retire right now but just slowly Fade away. So there's a quote from Dana White here. He said, The fight with Cerrone just didn't happen. With Connor, what he really wants is Khabib. That's the fight Connor really wants. So we'll let him figure out what's next. And that's the real question. This is why we brought it up because we don't know what's next. We haven't yeah. heard anything. Um, and oh, that, that is the money fight, isn't it? Khabib, Connor. That's what everyone wants to see. And personally, it's going to happen. For me, I think it's going to happen. It's gonna. He, he's just gonna want to prove himself, but I don't see Connor winning. I don't, unless he really. He, he's either got to do one of the two things. He's got to train on his ground game so much more, even yeah. more than he did last time. He said he didn't mind. Train harder on the standing game and don't go down. Well, yeah, or just train harder at defending that standing yeah. game and stopping the 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 takedowns. Takedown defense is something he's got to work on because it was just it looked easy for him to get down. So, there we go. That is our little UFC segment this week. Purely Conor McGregor, because <laughs> that is what everyone wants to wants to talk about. I mean, we'll, we'll definitely talk about more UFC yeah. in the future. But that is that. Cool. Now we're going to a segment that I want to, well, we want to introduce onto this uh, podcast. Every week, me and, uh, me and Kiwi were going to change but this week it's mine uh, underrated sports person of the week right so this week my underrated sports person of the week goes to Raheem Sterling purely because and this started because I got tagged in something the other day or I saw someone share something on Facebook the other day it was a, from a few seasons back and it was a comparison between Sterling and Hazard and Sterling's stats completely absolutely blew Hazard away Hazard has been, I mean, he was in your top 10. Yeah. So, um, but I've got this season's stats, and I've not compared him to Hazard. Um, I've compared him to Firmino, because Chelsea aren't up there, I'm going to compare it to a Liverpool. And Firmino is one of, one of the, well, he's a striker for Liverpool, and he's one of their top players. Um, so, if we look at this now, Raheem Sterling, 26 matches, 12 goals, 9 assists. Um, Roberto Firmino, 28 matches, 9 goals, 4 assists. So if we just look at that now, Firmino's played more games, 28 to 26. Um, 
Sterling has scored three more goals, 12 to 9. Um, and obviously, Sterling's a winger. Sterling isn't a striker like Firmino. Firmino's been playing as a striker for Liverpool, hasn't he? Um, so, there, obviously, that's, that, that's in Sterling's favour. Um, and also, in assists, Sterling's got nine assists and uh, Firmino's only got four. So, just for me, Sterling, I think, is just underrated. Because when you look at Man City, you think Aguero, you think Sane, you think De Bruyne. You don't think Sterling, do you? It's not the no. first head that the first uh, name that comes to your head. Um, so I just think I just think Sterling, if you're listening, if you ever want to drop in, right? This is my mention to you. I'm not that that counts for anything, <laughs> but yeah. And I think and this is a big thing as well. I've been watching um, Sky Sports. They're doing um, uh, racism uh, like event on their their channel or whatever. And uh, Sterling's one of the front runners for this because obviously he had uh, about the gun on his arm, the leg. Is it leg. tattoo on his leg? And he's one of the pioneers for this, uh, bringing up racism in football. Um, because of that incident with the gun on his leg, and obviously people associate people of his ethnicity with yeah. with guns. But it was to do right. with his dad being shot when he was young. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah so, so he says that he's not going to touch a gun. Yeah. Oh, sorry. He's not going to touch it again. Yeah. Daily Mail. Just yeah. chuck that word in there. Oh, yeah. Daily Mail, definitely. <laughs> um, but um, he says he's going to shoot with his feet and not yeah. with a gun. Which no, this is the thing. You think about all this stuff. What's for me now? He's come over to this club, he's played football. He's yeah. no drama. And he's got the worst stats than Sterling has been going through all this stuff. Well, I mean, we saw the other day at the Chelsea game where they, uh, oh yeah, where ra- a fan shouted racist yeah. terminology at Sterling, and he's he's able to laugh it off, and he's got to be a strong character to yeah. to do that. Mm. There's so many people like Balotelli. Did it got to him too much. It got to, but you can't like oh, you can't no, blame yeah. someone no, for yeah, it. You it's, can't. I'm just it saying, is yeah, horrible. Yeah, but. but is he takes it very well? Yeah, in that sense, I'm not saying that we should judge people on um, how they take racist oh, no. stuff, but, but I'm just we should praise him for how he takes for it. keeping up his performance, yeah, and taking that as well. Because, and even in the World Cup, you think he didn't score, and people took the yeah. out how he didn't score because he had good chances, but he was played as a striker, played, no, but he played well at the World yeah. Cup. His assist, his movement is brilliant, so there we and go. he was played out of position. He's yeah, a winger who's played as a striker. And you, you've got to think, he's still young. Yeah. He's still fairly young. Um, and obviously, a World Cup for England, that's not, we're not used to that, no. going that far anyway. And I think he did really well. So there we go. That's underrated sports person of the week. Goes to Raheem Sterling. Um, until next week. Until next week. So our next section is we're going to give three must-watch games over the weekend. Must-watch. Go for it. They're all in the Premier League because I did look at other leagues. There's nothing really on <laughs> at all. Unless Juventus Udinese is a big game. Oh, yeah, I think it is. No. It's no? Not, not anymore. <laughs> Maybe like 2012 when yeah. they had Di Natale. Okay, go on then. But, what's, what's your first match? Uh, first game's Arsenal versus United. Yep. Is, it's a no-brainer. That's a big rivalry anyway. Um, it's one of the, the biggest competitive rivalries in the Premier League. I'm excited because obviously Solskjaer is on a good run. My, my, my team is Arsenal. 
it's not it's not I'm not being biased. I'm just excited for the game. <laughs> um, but yeah, for Arsenal, I think for Tottenham last week we were good, but we weren't clinical. No, there were too many chances squandered. Uh, but I think Man United, there's a good chance for. Th- I think Lacazette and Aubameyang should be starting together because they're a good partnership. Yeah. But this is a, this is a chance to really. Uh, Take some points from United and get us in that Champions League. I think the only way I see you winning is sneaking. So nothing against your team, yeah. Arsenal, but the way United have been playing oh, this yeah. first, Brilliant. well, since Solskjaer's come in, even yeah. it's just like, incredible football. But it should be a good game. They've got uh, they've got Lukaku playing like mm. Iniesta. It's incredible. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> um, that's yeah. my prediction: United two. Arsenal nil. I'm actually going to go for a one-all draw because I was listening to Man United um, Southampton and they had a lot of injuries. Rashford's not 100% at the moment. Uh, uh, Ander Herrera is not 100%. Uh, There's a few. Phil Jones. Phil Jones, yeah. Phil Jones is a big impact, right? Big impact player. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm going for one-all. Uh, big game for Liverpool yep. in the second game is Liverpool Burnley at Anfield. Yep. You'd expect Liverpool to Probably win. Probably would, yeah, definitely. But, then, but they need it. Yeah, but then you look at Tottenham. I know Tottenham aren't playing that 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 good, but Burnley turned over Tottenham the other day. Yeah. And so look, it, it shows yeah. that Burnley can turn over big clubs. They can they can turn Burnley over down. anyone. The style of play they have. They've always been a bogey team for yeah. big clubs. Um, bogey team for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Just because Sean Dyche, what he does over there is incredible. Well, defensively, but, he's one of the best managers yeah. defensively. Um, I, th- I see Liverpool winning, but they yeah. need to win if they don't stand a chance of catching City. Yeah. Like, these are the games you need to win. I'm going to go for a 2 0 Liverpool. I'm going to go 1 0 Liverpool. 1 0. Yeah, they're going to sneak it. Yeah. Well, last minute. Yeah. Going to do a Man City against Bournemouth. Uh, another big game. <laughs> Talking about Man City. <laughs> it's not about Man City. Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's another one similar to the Liverpool situation. Is Tottenham away Southampton? Oh yeah. Because again, Southampton can be a very hard team to get points against. Oh yeah. And an easy team to drop points. Mm. And with Tottenham choking the Premier League title five times this year, despite never thinking they're in the title race. Yeah. Uh, if they want Champions League football, they need to they need to win this game. Yeah, well, you look at this. This is two different um, sides of the Premier League. You've got Southampton battling against relegation. You've got Tottenham fighting for Champions League now. They're, they're out of the title. I, I yeah. can tell you that now. Unless Liverpool, Man City, completely fuck it. Um, but yeah, so that, that would make for an interesting game because you've got both teams on edge. They want the win. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're going to go. You you think when it gets to about the 80th minute, say that's a draw. It's going to be exciting. That last yeah. 10 minutes, is, they're, I think they're both going to be pushing Southampton will be content with a draw. Oh, they yeah. need points. Yeah. I think Tottenham will be disappointed if they don't win. Yeah. And obviously, as an Arsenal fan, I want Southampton to win. <laughs> I've got nil-nil tie. Nil-nil? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go, oh, as much as I hate to say, I'm going Tottenham 2-1. Okay. Four. And that was the three, three games of the weekend. Yeah. Three, three games to watch. Three games, games to watch. Three games of the weekend. No, there is more than three. But <laughs> cool. The final segment of today's show 
is uh, the power board, as I'm going to call it. We give you our four strongest teams that we think are going to get into the Champions League and our three teams we think are going to go down. So for me, I have City finishing first, Liverpool second, United third and Arsenal sneaking in fourth. Well, well, we completely did this separately, right? We've ended up with exactly the same top four. <laughs> right, go on. Our reasoning may be different, so go for that. Uh, I've got City in first because Liverpool dropped points the weekend. Yeah. And with the depth that Man City have... Oh, yeah, definitely. I just... I can't see them... Unless they choke, I can't see them not winning the league. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool second because... They're just they're nine points clear of Tottenham, they're twelve points clear of United. I don't sit. So we got one two teams are definitely going to be first or second. Yeah, yeah. there's you're not catching them in nine games. No. Uh, Tottenham, however, I've got dropping out of the top four. Yeah, same. They're not they're not playing well at the moment. They're dropping points to Burnley. They drop points yeah. at Arsenal. They look team on edge. Well, you look at. Look at teams like United. They're on the up. I sit. They're going to leapfrog Tottenham sooner or later. Yeah. Um, Three points behind them. And yeah. Arsenal, I think, just got that little bit more. Yeah. So Chelsea completely <clears throat> out of it. Yeah. I I would, if bit of a rant going on here, if I was in charge of Chelsea, Abramovich, yeah, I would start again. Get rid of the big names. Work with like players like Hudson Odoi. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, he was linked with Bayern. Yeah. Hudson Odoi, uh, Loftus Cheek. Uh, who's the who's the defender at uh, Everton at the moment? Centre back, French. Oh, Zuma. Yeah. Bring Zuma back. Work with the because they've got quality youth players. Yeah. They just. So you want them to be more implemented in in how they play, not how other teams play. Yeah. Yeah. Just work, build up this youth they've yeah. got and for instead of buying players that end up being waste like yeah. you look at Murata, you look at Torres, you look even at Pedro, they got one or what was it, one or two good years out of him. Yeah. You could get five, six, seven if you work with Hudson Adoy now. Yeah, definitely. Cool, so that's um I'm not gonna explain Man City Liverpool because I think we've done that about three yeah. or four times now. <laughs> But Man United, I've put Man United above Arsenal, which kills me, even though the weekend was playing. Um, I've put Man United third just because of how Solskjaer's come in and changed it. I think they're going to be a team in top four. They keep playing like they are, and they don't look like they're going to change. Um, but then I've put Arsenal giving Tottenham for it because I just think uh, Tottenham, I just, I don't know. I just, the other, when we played them at the weekend, they relied on a penalty that wasn't even theirs to get a point. You know, there was yeah. four players offside. Enough. I need to control myself. Don't, <laughs> <you>. <laughs> okay. don't get too. I'm gonna get salty about them dropping points. But I just think Arsenal. I, I just think we can definitely, even with the leaky defence. I think we've got enough in attack to make up for it. But there we go. So that's my top four. Bottom three. I'll start. I've got. So currently, I'll actually tell the bottom three currently as we make this podcast is Cardiff 18th, 19th Fulham, and Huddersfield in 20th. Um, I've actually just changed that by one. I reckon Fulham are going to get ahead of Cardiff just because Sol Bamba's injured this week. 
I, I was saying that Sky Sports, Sal Bamba, the three games that he hasn't played in Cardiff, they've all lost. All three games. And I think he's such an influ influential character for them. So that's why I've just got Fulham a bit, a bit higher than, than, than Cardiff at the moment. So I've got Fulham, Cardiff, Huddersfield. But you've got the same three going down. Yeah, same three, same three. I don't think I think Southampton have got enough quality to stay up, and that's I think so have Burnley and Brighton. So there we go. Yours. Uh, my bottom three. I've got. I basically have got how the Premier League is now. Oh. Actually, no. Yeah. Cardiff, Fulham. Cardiff, Fulham, Huddersfield. In that order. Yeah. Yeah. I think Huddersfield are too far back to oh, catch. Yeah. The only team they can catch is Fulham. They're eleven points. They're not even. They're more than that. They're thirteen points from safety. Exactly. Like there's Huddersfield are going down. There's no doubt about it. I think. Uh, Fulham again. They started the season too poorly, which is a shame because they got some quality players. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like that front three of Sherlock, Babel, and Mitrovic. Yeah. Is dangerous. But I think they're too far back. They're 10 points off safety yeah. at the moment. Like. And Cardiff. Cardiff. I feel so bad for Cardiff. Right, they're close. They've had a tough season, haven't they? They're a win out of safety. Yeah. But. They've had a tough season. One, they, they, they haven't spent nearly as much money as Fulham and Wolves because they haven't had that money to spend, you know? Yeah. They've um, still got Chelsea to play, City to play, Liverpool yeah. to play, Burnley to play, Jesus. United to play. I, it's not happening. They've got Sol Bamba out, and obviously that tragedy with the Emiliano stuff. Yeah. That was terrible because that he he was he was such a good player in the French league, and I think he would have been such a. I mean, look at their strikers now. They they, I think one of their strikers actually used to play as a defender for them before they got promoted, and they've actually just chucked him up there. Yeah, that's. You know? But he started playing well because that's why Neil Warnock said he he wanted to start playing him like that because he was turning up and playing well. I mean, he scored a few goals, but. Not a consistent striker yeah. to stay and in the Premier League. I'm looking at their team now. They're a championship team. Yeah, like, yeah, you would say that, wouldn't yeah. you? As soon as you, except for the goalkeeper, I think Etheridge is a brilliant goalkeeper. Oh, he's. I think Etheridge could could easily start for Burnley, Southampton, or Brighton, Newcastle. You know, I think he's one brilliant. of the yeah. Yeah, I think he's a brilliant goalkeeper. So I hope that even if they do go down, they they benefit. He benefits from that. Yeah. So there we go. So that is the bottom three. So is. That's that. That's it. So that concludes our first ever podcast. Um, make sure to check us out on Spotify. We should be on Spotify as soon as, uh, as, soon as this is done. iTunes. iTunes. We're going to try and start our iTunes. And we've got a YouTube channel. YouTube channel. Sideline. It's just called Sideline, right? It's just called Sideline. It's just called Sideline. This is the Sideline. We're going to try and do some videos on the Sideline. Um, but we're, this is the podcast. This is the podcast. Primarily at the moment we're going to focus on the podcast. Yeah. But there, we're, we'll we're going to try and get some videos out as well. Drop a few videos. Uh, might put a few clips up on the podcast on YouTube. Yep. But if you like the podcast, make sure you come back next week. We're going to be talking about different things. I know this week's been a lot of football. We're going to try and mix it up. Yep. We're going to try and next week, we'll try and bring latest stories and stuff. But thanks everyone for listening, um, and we'll see you next week.